You are listening to episode number nine of the Profit Podcast with me, Matt Robinson. And today we're going to dive into three non-fitness related books that you can use to help boost your fitness business. And we're going to dive a little bit into each of those recommendations for you. Let's dive in. The Profit Podcast. So a couple of quick things before we dive into the three book recommendations, something completely unrelated to this episode to start off with, and then I'm going to give you a bit of context as to why I'm talking about this today. So first and foremost, in the last episode, we talked to Paul Campe about the financial systems that we use and why we use those. In that episode, we talked about systemizing your finances and using these different accounts. And Paul actually referred to a a webinar that I did for our trainers. Now that webinar was a big two-hour thing that I did exclusively for Profit Trainers. What I am going to do on the YouTube channel that I've set up for the podcast is I'm going to put a clip on there just talking about those bank accounts and how I set those up and how I explain those to the trainer. So I'm going to put that in video format because I did explain it on the podcast, but having listened back to it myself, I understand that it's quite difficult to visualize what that might look like. So I'll do it in a video format. I'll put it on the uh, on the Profit podcast Uh, YouTube channel. So I'll I'll set up links and that for that and let you know where to find that. Um, It's not up there yet, but when it is, you should be able to find it by searching for Profit Podcast Systemizing Your Finances. And hopefully that will pop up in the YouTube search results. On to today's episode, I'm going to cover three non-fitness books that will help boost your fitness business. The reason I'm talking about this today is actually off the back of what I was doing yesterday. So yesterday, myself and several other senior Profit trainers spent the day assessing our level four and our level five trainers at Profit. This is something we do twice a year in June and December. And it's a chance for our trainers to test themselves against what they've learned in our education system and outside of the Profit education system to make sure that they're doing as good a job as they can with the clients, that they're pushing themselves with the knowledge and that they're developing on a personal level as well. So we hold these assessment days twice a year for a chance for these trainers to jump up a level, which means they're getting access to even higher level education, higher level trainers, higher level opportunities. And this is something that we do regularly to give people the opportunity to push themselves forward. And off the back of that day yesterday, I got thinking about some of the the books and things and resources that I've used along the way to help me with my fitness business. And I realized that a good chunk of those are actually non-fitness related books at all. You know, they've got nothing to do with the fitness industry but it's what you learn from those principles outside of our industry that you can bring into the industry to maybe do things a little bit differently, not just in how you set up your business, but in how you work with people. So today I'm going to talk about three of those books individually, and every now and then I'll do an episode like this where I reveal a few more books that either we're using with our trainers or with our clients that you might not think about as an opportunity to learn about yourself that will help you grow your business and grow your results with clients. And we're going to keep revealing a few of these every now and then as like a bit of a, you know, just an ad hoc episode here and there in between the interviews we do. So let's dive into the first book that we're going to talk talk about today. So my first book recommendation for today's show is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Now, those people that know me or work with me fairly closely and my clients are probably sick of hearing me talk about this book because this is one of my favorite books of all time just because I love the way it's written, I love the style, I love some of the humour in there, I love the fact that this guy is unapologetic in the way that he uses profanities throughout the book, it's just 
you get the feeling that this is truly who this guy is, um, which to me is a nice thing to read from a book. Sometimes I've read books about how we should be living our lives and what we should be doing. And I'm almost not convinced that that person does that themselves in the way that the book is read or written, depending on how you consume that content, whether you read it or you listen to it. So in the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I would summarize this book by saying that it is self-help for the real world in that it's not just about some of these airy-fairy concepts that people can struggle to buy into. It's not about always being positive and always being happy. It's about realizing that a good life comes with a set of struggles. So you need to accept that regardless of what life you're going to live, it's about choosing which struggles you're willing to accept in your life and choosing struggles that align with your values. And he talks some talks through some really good examples of like people in history that have had to deal with stuff to get, get successful or experience some form of success. He talks about personal experiences um, and he gives some really, really great examples of like little models and little mental models that we use. One of the one of the favorite ones of mine in there is how we use self-talk to end up in this cycle of negativity where we start to feel we might feel bad about something. So we feel guilty about doing something to someone and then we start feeling guilty about feeling guilty because self-help tells us that we shouldn't feel that. And then we feel guilty about the fact that we feel guilty about feeling guilty. And it, it's quite funny the way he puts that concept together. But the way he describes it and the examples he gives, you can listen to it and think, yeah, this is something that I do fairly regularly. And it's probably something that my clients do fairly regularly as well, especially when it comes to like nutrition and exercise and telling themselves what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing and why and telling themselves they can't do it and why they can't do it. So for me, this has been a great book for both me personally and it's actually the most book, the book that I have most gifted to other people. Sorry, I completely tripped over my words then. Um, so I've bought this book for more of my clients than any other book that I've read. Um, and a lot of them have given me some great feedback in terms of them reading it and taking a few key concepts away from it that really helps them understand their own psychology a little bit better. In terms of one of the biggest takeaways my clients get from this book, there's a little model that Mark outlines in there about motivation and it's this idea that a lot of people are waiting for motivation before they act. And he argues that that's the wrong way around, that there's a little bit of a cycle where we've got to take a bit of action first in order to feel any form of motivation. And then once we've got that motivation, we start to feel inspiration and that keeps the action going. And it becomes a cycle that's a little bit different from what most people think. Most people are waiting for the motivation first to then take action, to then get inspired and it, it's a bit backwards. The way, again, the way he explains it, it makes perfect sense. And that's generally one of the principles that my clients take from the book. So I would really recommend that. Why does it impact your business? Why does it impact your fitness world? Well, first and foremost, anything you can impact your inner environment is going to impact your outer environment. So if you can listen to something like this and question some of your own values and beliefs and how you're in alignment with them and how you're not in alignment with them, that's always a good thing to do and keep challenging yourself over time because things change. Secondly, if you can hand this to your clients and let someone talk to them about important subjects in a way that's much better than you could ever do it, then I believe that that's something that you should do. You know, we are not experts at everything. So find a way of teaching someone about a particular subject in a way that you believe 
you can understand and talk about clearly and then hopefully they can too and that then allows you to open those conversations with those people much more easily it's a lot easier for me to talk to my clients about values and things like that having given them this book to read and letting someone else teach them about it first in their own way in their own words we can then talk about it in relation to just talking about the book but then we can dig into like like asking questions about what their views on it are what my views on it are how we stay aligned, how we don't, blah, blah, blah. So I think this is a great way to open up conversations around coaching elements that we might otherwise struggle to deal with. So that's the first book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Have a read of that. He has just released a new one as well, which is also very, very good. I'm halfway through that. So that might feature in the next list that we do. But for now, let's move on to book number two. Book number two on my list is The 12-Week Year by Brian P. Moran. I read this book um, probably about 18 months ago now, and this is a book that will directly impact your business. It's not a psychology book as such or anything like that. It's more about actually sitting down, making some plans, deciding what you want, figuring out how to get there, and then putting certain strategies and tactics in place in order to do that. The whole concept or idea of the book is that you can achieve as much in 12 weeks as you could in 12 months if you set it out in the right way. So it's this idea of a 12-week year and treating each 12-week block as if it were a year. The reason that they've set it out that way is the authors do a good job early on in the book of describing how you know we might sit down at the start of every year or at the end of the year and sort of set some goals, set some targets, think about what we want to achieve. At the end of the year, we might review that. And their idea is that we should be doing that a lot more frequently. And that if you do that in the right way and do it every 12 weeks, you could actually achieve that same level of success in 12 weeks as it might take you in 12 months if you do it in that old format. It's this idea that you've got these little pressure points to be working towards every now and then, and it always keeps you on your toes. Um, So there's some really, really good tactics and some really, really good principles in the book that you can use. What I would say in terms of how I've implemented it for myself and my own business is I've tried to find a way to implement the principles that suit me in a way that I feel works better for me. And I feel that everyone that reads this book will have their own version of how they implement this. So for me, rather than doing it as like a 12-week year, I've come to know over the years that I do actually work better in these mini sprints. You know, if I, I do have long-term goals, but sometimes it's easy to lose sight of those, which is where you can use like vision boards and things like that. But what I actually find is, is that my general approach to life seems to be in a sprint format. So I do like to go go hard for a short period of time, back off a little bit, reassess and then go again so the one of the things I changed within my business off the back of this book was that I start the year and look at a big wall planner I have this on my wall in my office at home and what I do is is every sort of eight to ten weeks I make sure that I've got a block of time off away from my business so that I know that I've got these chunks of time it might be a long weekend so it might be like a Friday to a Monday, or it might be a full week if I'm going to go on holiday or something like that. But I make sure I've periodically got these blocks of time away from my business. What that then leaves me with is blocks of eight to 10 weeks here and there, where I know that that's my little mini sprint period. And I have 
goals that I want to achieve within that period. So for example, one of those goals this year was one of those eight to 10 week blocks. I needed to get this podcast started, line a few guests up, understand the technology around it and get the first episode launched and on iTunes and everywhere else. So that was one of my little mini goals and targets. One of my other ones that I've done this year was I I set myself a little eight to 10 week block of sorting out some of the business side of things at the moment and making the switch over to a limited company and changing all my bank accounts around and switching the way I do my accounts and things like that. And there was an eight to 10 week block dedicated to that. Yes, there's going to be lots of other things that you've got to get done within that eight to 10 weeks. That's fine. That's life. That's business. But there should almost be this bigger goal that you can get done in that shorter period of time. Because the reality is, is that I could have spent 12 months preparing to start this podcast and getting it up and running and lining people up. I could have done the same with changing my business around and things like that. But if you've got these little mini sprints where you can get these goals done a little bit quicker, just by having that bit of extra focus, then that's something that I would recommend. You might read the book and take something completely differently away from it. And you might apply the principles differently. And that's absolutely fine. Either way, I would recommend that you give the book a read, listen to how they do things, listen to how they run these workshops and stuff that they do with businesses, because it's really, really good way of looking at how you do things at the minute for yourself, and maybe even how you chunk things down for your clients, and maybe working more in alignment with what suits you, as opposed to doing what everyone else does and just setting these 12-month goals um, and, and seeing if we hit them or not. So this is a much better way of doing things. So with all that being said, let's jump into book number three. The last book on my list for today is the book called You Are Not So Smart by David McRaney. And this is an excellent book, again, for understanding your own inner psychology and from that, getting a better grasp of how your clients may also talk to themselves in ways that help them rationalize the decisions they make and why they make those decisions. So, The premise of this book is that we actually have no clue why we act the way that we do or why we choose the things we choose or why we think the thoughts we think. And in the book, there are, if I remember correctly, 48 different examples of biases or stories that we tell ourselves so that we understand the world. It gives us an idea of how we choose to understand the world based on these preconceived biases and that that we've built up over time Um, and it's the idea that we think that we know how the world works but we really don't Um, and that these cognitive biases are predictable patterns so if we understand the cognitive biases that we have within ourselves we can start to predict better how we might act in certain situations and what decisions we might choose to make even though another choice may be better or more favorable for us. So again, that one, of the, one of the great uses of this book is just understanding that these biases exist and how we end up using these biases to make maybe slightly incorrect decisions or decisions that aren't as favorable as they could be. Um, and making sure that we're not drawing incorrect conclusions when we have these thoughts and when we're using these biases on autopilot. You know, a lot of the stuff that goes on in our brain is done on an unconscious level and we're just taking in information all the time and drawing conclusions and making decisions and going about our everyday lives. Our clients are doing exactly the same and we're almost trying to get them to interrupt some of those patterns in order to make better decisions or decisions that we feel 
we do a better job of doing as fitness professionals. So again, as with anything, I feel that if we're going to do this for our, for our clients, we need to first understand this stuff for ourselves and make use of this information to know where we do this within our own lives. And then we can introduce some of these ideas to our clients as well. Um, you know, one of the little snippets for the book, from the book that I've made a note of here that I thought was really good is that cognitive biases are predictable patterns of thought and behavior that lead you to draw incorrect conclusions. And what that says to me is, is that we all take a look, we, we take a, like a narrow vision of the world based on what we've already decided in our past. He talks about how we have um, like different scenarios in our head, like priming that we use. We use confirmation bias. We use hindsight bias. And it's all these different things that we have going on behind the scenes that help us make decisions quicker, um, jump to conclusions quicker, and therefore miss out on different bits of information that we've not yet seen or considered. And that may, may lead us to miss out on different opportunities as well. Um, so again, from a business perspective, changing some of these ideas and concepts within our own head and some of these biases or understanding them a bit better might mean that you can change the way you look at the world and the way you do business and maybe do things a little bit differently. We can then use this in a sort of a, a client-based setting to help them do the same with regard to their approach to health and fitness and how they want to change their lives through that. Because if you can just imagine for one minute the amount of biases that your clients have already got in their head in relation to health and fitness, starting back from when they were children, you know, they might have a bias that I've always been bad at sport, I've always been overweight, I've always been this, I've always been that, I was always the fat kid, blah, blah, blah. They've all got these biases and these stories running constantly. And we've got to help them understand these and peel them back and maybe rewrite that story or change it. And again, that takes time. We need to understand it ourselves and do it on ourselves with the areas of our life that we maybe need to improve slightly so that we can help them. So those are my three book recommendations for today. We've got The Subtle Art of Giving a Fuck by, of Not Giving a Fuck, sorry, with by Mark Manson. We've then got The 12-Week Year. And then we have You Are Not So Smart. So those are the ones for today that I am recommending you have a look at if you haven't done so already. They are my non-fitness books that are going to help you boost your fitness business. Um, before we finish today, I just wanted to say again, a big thank you for everyone that's listening to the podcast, that's subscribed, that's left reviews. This helps us grow. This helps us spread the message. This helps us have a bigger impact and give you a better insight as to what's going on behind the scenes at Profit. So thank you for doing that. Keep sharing it. We've got some great guests lined up over the next few weeks covering a variety of topics. I'm not going to reveal too much here, but we've got some fantastic industry leaders coming on the show, some from different backgrounds, some from within Profit, some from outside of Profit. So that'll be really nice to get those on board. So keep doing what you're doing in terms of subscribing and listening. Keep sharing the show as well to make sure that we reach more and more people. If there are any episodes that you think are particularly useful for your own clients, make sure you share it with them. I know that one that's gone down really well with my clients has been the sleep episode. It's been great to have an expert teach them about sleep. And then again, we can then start to have those conversations inside our sessions. Just as a little side note, I know I'm meant to be finishing the show, but I think that concept alone is something that's worth implementing in your business where you can help clients learn from somebody so that it then makes it easier for you to have those conversations with them. I talked earlier in the episode about how I did that with the Mark Manson book and this sleep 
podcast that I recorded was another example of that. By getting them to listen to that and listen to someone else speak about it, they then come into the sessions and are a bit more willing to talk about it and understand it and ask me about it. And I can then help them with it and step forwards from there. So that's something as well to take take away from this episode is the use of that, not only with the books, but with the other stuff that we've got going on. So a big thank you again for listening in. If you haven't done so already, leave us a review. Give us a share on social media or wherever you, uh, wherever you find us. Um, and until next time, if there's anything else you want to know about Profit, what we're doing, where we're based, how to join the team, anything like that, please visit www.pro-fitpersonaltraining.co.uk. And that is us for today. Have a good one. The Profit.